your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Twitch, in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am in the second-to-last episode, uh, second-to-last session of my Eberron Second Morning game. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. If you want to help support this show and all of the work that I do on Sly Flourish, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and becoming a patron. Patrons get access to all kinds of exclusive content, but most of all, they help me make shows like this and the website, keep the website up, and all the other things that I do, all the costs for all the things that I do uh, are covered by the patrons of Sly Flourish. So thank you very much to the patrons who helped make this show possible. So yes, I am at the second to last episode. The characters are in the final big dungeon uh, of my campaign, which is a place called Claw Rift. They've heard about Claw Rift for a long time. And now they are there. Uh, so we're going to start off by uh, going to our notes here. I already created a... Uh, um, I already created a uh, template for today's session. Uh, I normally I would do so by clicking the generate session planning template. Of course, this is all done in Notion. Uh, I use Notion for all my campaign planning these days. I absolutely love it. You can find out all about Notion. If you're here on Twitch, uh, I'll put a link in Twitch. Uh, and if you are watching on YouTube, you can go down in the show notes below and there's links to my article about how to run D&D using Notion and links to create your own template, your own lazy DM template, um, which I which I use a lot. So, uh, and the, the, the template for each session matches the steps for Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master, although I added a, I added a to-do in this one because there's something I want to remember. So um, let's talk about what happened in the last game. So the last game, we ended in the middle of a fight. Uh, they were battling Sora Terraza, one of the three daughters of Sora Kel. Uh, the daughters of Sora Kel are the leaders of the Droam, the monstrous nation of the Droam. Uh, the daughters have allied themselves, or really sort of taken over, Lido Skull, uh, who is the main villain of the campaign. And using his knowledge and his power, they are trying to build the weapon of mourning, the same kind of weapon that had been built back when the mourning occurred. Uh, they're doing so because they want, if they have this weapon in their power, they can become a ratified nation under the Treaty of Thronehold. They can become, you know, no one will be able to push the borders of the monstrous nation if they have a weapon so devastating that they could destroy all of Sharn, right? So... Um, you know, so that is a, that is their goal. Uh, they are doing this in the city of making and in the center of the city of making is a huge, uh, a huge structure called claw rift, which goes deep, deep, deep under the ground. Uh, claw rift actually is sitting upon the ruins, uh, ruins even older than, uh, Sire, uh, than Galifar, uh, even older than the Dakani, the, the goblin nation of the Dakani. Um, there is, there is this, this portal that's down there that draws energy from all of the planes of existence. And if you can channel that energy into something, you can pour a tremendous amount of power and, 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 and channel it into some kind of thing and create a weapon. So, uh, the back of th back 10 years ago, they had done this, but it didn't work and it blew up the portal. And now there's like this raw, pure beam of raw energy pouring out of this thing. Uh, I'm basing this heavily on like Chernobyl, right? That there was like a reactor and the reactor blew up. And now there's these like radiant energy just pouring out of this place. And um, the daughters 
and Lido and the others are still trying to channel that energy and, and, and create something, probably a living spell. And I think that what they're trying to do is create a living wish, right? That if they can, if they can sort of channel and, 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 uh, encapsulate a living wish, uh, they will have this massive weapon that they can use, uh, that could, that could put them on the map and make sure that nobody could ever shake their, their world up again. So the characters were fighting Sora Tarasa, who was the sage. And that worked really well. Uh, I, I, sometimes I, I'm not a very tactical DM. Uh, I, I, I just bought, I, I owned the ebook version of, um, Keith Ammons, uh, the monsters know what they're doing, but I just bought the paper copy too. I've got a paper copy sitting up there because I was like, I need a paper copy that can keep on hand, but I'm not a very good tactical player, tactical DM. But every so often I stumble into good tactics. And what I stumbled into was I knew, I thought, it, I think we talked about in this last session or the session before, I think it was a couple sessions ago. And I was like, who would make good bodyguards for a blind sage? And we said, basilisks. And then I'm like, well, how about dire basilisks? And I'll give you a, here's a tip. If you want a tip for today, uh, something that you could take and use right away, a blind mage with basilisks, right? Uh, is if you want to make a dire creature, you can make a dire creature very easily. Um, you can almost use like the 3.5 template idea, but you could make it it's pretty easy to do in your head. Uh, double its hit points. Give it an extra attack action uh, or, or, or you kind of, you know, either an extra attack action or like double the amount of attacks it does. Um, and uh, probably give it a couple points of on, on the attack and damage, right? Yeah, plus two to attack and damage. That kind of makes a dire version. So if you want to make, you know, it's very easy and, and you can do it in your head. So if you go to like D&D Beyond uh, and we'll go to the Basilisk. And you want to make a dire Basilisk. Uh, you say, okay, so instead of 52 hit points, it has hundred um, it has 104 hit points, right? You just double its hit points. Uh, instead of one bite attack, it has two bite attacks and it'll be plus seven to hit instead of um, plus five to hit. That's it, right? You know, that's done. Maybe you increase the DC to from 12 to 14. You basically bump all the, like the numerical things up a couple points. Um, and then you have a dire basilisk and you don't have to even write it down. You just, you know, in your head, you just go as DC 12, you say DC 14, right? Very easy to make a dire, a dire creature. A dire creature is basically just like a great big version of the, the original creature you have. You know, let's make a dire wyvern, for example. Um, a dire wyvern, right? So wyverns are already pretty tough, right? So, you know, a dire wyvern, 220 hit points. Um, I probably don't bump up the AC. Uh, I'd probably keep the same AC. Um, and this one, uh, two attacks with its bite, one with its stinger. I would probably give it a third attack or, or let it do, um, maybe it can do uh, two claw attacks. You, you improvise, right? You look at the monster and say, okay, it's going to do bite, two claws, and a stinger instead of just a bite and a sting. Uh, and then we'll increase its attack to plus nine. So a dire wyvern would be really tough. And CR wise, it's at least a couple of CR ahead, maybe even more. You know, like a, a, a dire wyvern might be as many as like a CR nine or 10. But don't worry too much about the challenge radius either. Just throw it in when it works, you know, if it makes sense. And dire basilisks made sense. So she would have really, really tough basilisks. Um, so the, the fun tactical thing is I also said, okay, well, she's got cyclops. She's got two cyclopes that are her guardians, but they would be turning to stone all the time. So why don't we make them blind? But that's fine. So they're, they were not blind, but blinded. They wear masks, that, they wear helms that cover their eyes. But then what, what kind of bodyguards are those? Like those are lame bodyguards, right? And they're going to be disadvantaged. So I'm like, no, we'll give them the blind fighting, fighting style from Tasha's, right? Tasha's now has a fighting style called blind fighting. We'll just give them that. So they, they, as long as they're within 10 feet of an, of an enemy, they can attack even though they're blinded. And 
what that does that that created so that that just made sense to even the playing field but then the really interesting thing that happened with that is that um if the characters decided to close their eyes and thus avoid getting turned to stone by the dire basilisks that meant the cyclopses the cyclopes had advantage to hit them and the characters are at disadvantage to hit the cyclopes. And they said, like, wait a minute, but we're both blinded. I'm like, yeah, but they're trained to be blind fighting. You're not. So they are effectively not blinded when they're fighting. They have advantage, right? And that meant that the cyclopes became way more dangerous when they closed their eyes and fought them than when they opened their eyes. So now they had this real damned if you do, damned if you don't. If we open our eyes, we could get turned to stone. And one of the characters did get turned to stone. Uh, or if you close your eyes, you're going to get punched in the face by cyclopes that have advantage on the attack and you can't hit the cyclopes. So it was a really tough fight, uh, level 11 characters, um, and still a really tough fight. And, and then I had Sora Tarasa herself. I used one of the mage stat blocks from Volo's guides. I forget which one, uh, but was, she was casting a lot of really tough spells. She banished people and she did all kinds of things. Uh, I think she tried to turn to stone. It turns out that the, this flush to stone spell is pretty lame. Cause it's like all these saving throws stacked up. It wasn't really that cool. It wasn't nearly as cool as like the stone, the stone gaze of the basilisk. Um, so they got through that and then they started making their way through um, making or through the claw rift. Uh, let's take a look because we're going to, we'll put in our fantastic locations. We put in claw rift. Fill out our notes. where we go. And then look at it. So... Um, they teleported into this gateway on the upper left. Let's go to the original picture here. Uh, da -da, da -da, da -da. So they start up where it says gateway. Uh, and they made their way around to the right. They looked at the overlook and saw the huge pit in the center where the big beam of energy is pouring out. Uh, then they continued to make their way. They went to the deep shaft. The, the funny thing is they went the exact same path that my other character, um, that my other group did. Uh, so they went to the deep shaft, which is this like 150 foot drop where there used to be some kind of lift, but the lift is now long destroyed. So they had to climb down this. They used, I think they used ropes to make their way down and they got down to level two. Uh, level two is here. So uh, with level two, they started off with the deep shaft they, and, and then they, they come out and they see the massive crater where the claw rift is. This area is about 150 feet further. It's actually three levels for claw rift. Uh, they got burned while they made their way around. Then they went into this chamber to the lower left where the Forgotten Armory is. Uh, they met some specters. Uh, this I just stole right out of my Wednesday game. Um, they found the secret entrance. They found the old laboratory. They found some interesting items to pick up. Uh, made their way around here. Found the secret door. And then they got to the Drawham Sentinels. And at the Drawham Sentinels is where the... the I think it's a bunch of war trolls and, a, and at least one Medusa uh, are fighting... Um, uh, are fighting Lord of Blades people. So there's a bunch of Lord of Blades soldiers uh, fighting on this crumbling bridge and the Drum Sentinels. And this lower lift here is where a, um, uh, where a huge construct purple worm is burrowing its way in so that the, so that the, you know, the, the complication going on um, is that uh, the, Lord of Blades are making an end run to try to get the weapon while the Droam are making it. And the characters are involved in both of these. So we have like a fun kind of two, two front situation going on uh, here in Claw Rift. So, um, 
so that was where the game went. So um, where it's going today is pretty straightforward. Uh, we, you know, it's the second to last game, which means there's not a lot of zany things going on, right? There's not a lot of stuff going on. My, my hope and my plan is that they will at least get to the final battle today, if not start the final battle. And then next session will be just the final battle and then the end of the campaign. Uh, so we're going to go back to our notes. Uh, and in, but we will start, uh, we will start by reviewing the characters. So, uh, we have, we got our Sunday D and D game. We go to the gallery, uh, Zarentir Delander. I don't, I don't know how, oh yeah, there's one thing that Sabres comes up. I was gonna say, I don't think there's many things that are going to come up, um, that involve the characters directly, but I take that back. I think there will be plenty of stuff. Zarentir Delander is a member of House Delander. He is a, um, uh, dragon marked, uh, noble and flies airships, but keeps crashing them. Um, I forget, I did something where they, they saw their worst nightmares and his nightmare was that he was going to have to become Mrs. Robinson's page. Um, I, th I think that was something she did. She did this like nightmare spell, right? Where they all saw like their worst nightmares and Shane Husk, you know, couldn't sell a book. Fun stuff. Um, Saber is a bounty hunter, monk of the four winds uh, shifter. Uh, his rival is here in Claw Rift, so his rival would probably be coming up in this next, maybe not in this next game, but maybe maybe he'll be one of the guardians. That'd be, that'd be pretty good. He'd be one of the guardians in the final battle of Claw Rift. Might be a good way to do it. Um, we have Shift, uh, Warf, one of the first Warforged. Uh, she is a warlock. Her patron is Lady Elmaro, uh, and she was built to capture the weapon, or she was built to serve the Emerald Claw, but she has broken away from that. Uh, we have Shane Husk. Uh, Shane Husk is a notable author, no notable novelist, uh, who has come to realize that the adventuring life is not really for him, so he's looking forward to retiring soon. Uh, we have Banner, who is a um, uh, Warforged paladin of the Becoming God uh, and former member of the um, uh, former member of the Lord of Blazes group. And we have Arwen Chi Sizu, uh, who is a Dragonmark member of House Civis. Uh, and an artificer. So those are the characters in today's games. There's a couple of secrets that we can draw right from the characters. I'm going to go. Uh, uh, I'm going to go back to here. I'm going to keep that other window open. And so go right into our secrets. So secrets and clues. Uh, and I think it was Saber's rival is named Scar. Um, so we're going to have Scar is one of the daughters uh, guardians in Claw Rift. Um, so that's one secret that's tied to a character. Uh, another one is that Lady Elmaro uh, hopes to convince Shift to um, capture weapon of mourning and bring it to the emerald claw i already know that's going to fail and that's cool doesn't matter um so those are a couple of secrets uh i had another secret in mind uh that was coming up probably tied to the strong start 
uh, the Lord of Blades likewise hopes to capture the weapon in order to make a nation for the Warforged. Um, uh, Wolfie Higgs says, can Notion be used to keep track of entire campaign notes? Yes, all of my campaign notes are here. I have, I have notes for every session that I've run and they're all interconnected and I have all the people and locations and everything are all wired in. So like if I, you saw me hyperlink to Lady Omaro, I click it and I get a whole thing about Lady Omaro, right? So yeah, you can tie all your, that's what's so great about Notion is it sort of hyperlinks, builds like your own wiki around your own campaign and you've got it on hand. And then you can store it. So I have my Eberron or my Avernus one, which I finished, is now encapsulated in a big pile of HTML files that's sitting on my local drive. So I have like my own offline copy of an entire campaign. It's really a cool way to, to have things. Um, what other secrets are going on? I think they already know this. Um, the daughters sense simulacrum of themselves to claw rift they'd never come themselves they never put themselves at such risk i think they already know that they, they i'm sure they already know that um so what other secrets uh are coming up what um Lido Skull has been uh, invaded by a quarry um, and hopes to use this as an excuse for his actions. Uh, Lido and Cavella. Uh, were both uh, drawn here by the daughters uh, against their will. Uh, what other thing? Oh, so the portal at the center of Claw Rift is a shattered gateway to all to to many planes um now it's just raw energy pouring into the world the gateway of worlds is older than even the Droam. No one knows who originally, I can't spell, who originally built it. Um, uh, oh, so we gotta do some, so lack, uh, lack, Lack is their sentient, um, their sentient crystal ball, one of the emissaries of the Dreaming Dark. Uh, Lack wants the characters to use the key they found 
to shift the gateway to Dalcor and then throw him in. Uh, the daughters are attempting to pull a living wish into existence. The daughters are attempting to pull a living wish into existence and encapsulate it. They the daughters want the weapon. I think they already know this too. Um, as leverage, it's not leverage. What's that called? Uh, uh, as a uh, a deterrent? That's nah, not really a deterrent. The daughters want the weapon as leverage to become a ratified nation under the Treaty of Thronehold. That's a lot of secrets. Uh, I think those are 10, there's more than 10 already. So we're good on secrets. Well, we'll come back to secrets later, but let's go back up and talk about the strong start. Uh, so huge rumble, wall collapses, the characters find themselves in a three-way fight between the uh, Lord of Blades and the draw -on. So they're gonna start right off with a, oh man. So uh, the, the, the Battle of the Bridge, um, that's the first scene. Uh, if we go back to our maps, let's see. Uh, let me go to, so the location, the nice thing about locations is just Claw Rift. <coughs> um, so they're going to go to the crumbling bridge. Um, and then I think they're going to meet Cavella. I did this in my other game and it worked well. I lost my I lost my notes right there. Battle of the Bridge, uh, Cavella. Cavella, you know, meeting Cavella is sort of like reintroducing an old NPC. That's fun. Um, uh, then make their way down to uh, to level down to level three. Uh, and then confrontation. So really, um, and then Finn, one year later, right? Gateway was. So this is my, that's pretty much all campaign in the next two sessions, right? And these five bullet points. They're going to have the Battle of the Bridge. They're going to meet Cavella as they make their way through. We can have some other scenes in some of the smaller areas. Then they go down to level three, uh, and then they go to the Gateway of Worlds. That's the final battle. They have the final battle. And then after the final battle, we have one year later. We'll probably have like a, you know, uh, leaving, uh, mo uh, mostly a montage of leaving making. Uh, one fun thing I want to do here is their Bodak um, 
passengers. Um, they met some Bodax, friendly Bodax, because who doesn't want some friendly Bodax? Uh, they met some friendly Bodax, uh, and they said, hey, we have a train. Why don't you go meet our train, and we'll get you to a nice place. Uh, like an old library. And they so they're going to go back and they're going to go in there and there's going to be a bunch of Bodak sitting in the seats like, oh, hey, yeah, we, uh, we're glad you're back. We thought we'd uh, take you up on your offer to take us to a nice place. So that'd be fun. Um, but that's pretty much all of the scenes for the rest of the campaign, which is, you know, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I, I have a to-do list um, for those in the pre-show who saw this. I, I put this together, which is I need to remind the players that they have that they're going to have a one-year-later montage in the next game session um, after the game after we're done with the conclusion, assuming they're not all killed. So it should be flexible, but keep in mind generally where you think your character would go on the assumption you survive this terrible, terrible or ordeal. So locations we just have Claw Rift NPCs we have Cavella uh, is one NPC. We have, so there's another NPC that I uh, made up, an, a goblin artificer. Uh, there he is, Ray's. Just in case I need him. I didn't you bring Ray's into, into the game in my Wednesday game, so we'll see if I bring him in here. Uh, we have Broadsword, who is the leader of the... Um, uh, leader of the of the uh, Lord of Blades's people here in Claw Rift. She's the one that's trying to get the weapon. Uh, we have Leto Skull. Uh, we have the daughters. Um, so Sora, Ketra, and Sora Mania. They're still alive. We have Scar. Pretty good range of NPCs. I don't think that we have any others coming up. So that's good. Uh, Deadly Encounter Benchmark, they are level 11. There are six of them. So uh, let's assume there are five. So it's between, uh, so 55, half of 55, 54 would be 27. So it's been 27 and 33 is the deadly benchmark. What that means is if the sum total of monsters is above uh, 33, the, the, the encounter could potentially be deadly. But I will tell you, level 11 characters are super robust, so you can go way above 33. Um, monsters. So we're going to do all of the... I'm going to do... I'm going to do a, another set of monsters. I'm going to do just the monsters for uh, the final battle. But but the monsters that are wandering, we're going to start with the monsters that are wandering around, um, uh, the monsters that are wandering around uh, Claw Rift. And so here we have trolls. Uh, oh, why am, I, why am I adding that? So we have trolls, Medusa. Uh, we have... Are we going to do more Cyclopes? Cyclopses. Cyclopes. Uh, what other agents of the Droam do we have? Um, Sora Mania. It's the voice of the, the voice of Ketra. 
are Medusa. Um, the fists of mania um, are the trolls and the cyclopses. I guess we don't really need any more monsters. That's probably fine. Um, there were those cool, I guess, yeah, in Volo's guide, they had like the siege, the siege ogres. Um, we could have bugbears, uh, as kind of the foot soldiers. So, and then we have, um, warforged people. So we have warforged veterans, uh, probably warforged cult fanatics and warforged mages. And maybe Warforge Assassins. Uh, what would Droam? So we have Bugbear Assassins. Would be pretty good. So that's your, those are the, oh, and then we have, a, of course, a Warforge Purple Worm. Oh, and uh, Warforge Titan. Uh Harpy Assassin. There we go. Now we're talking. I like that better than Bugbear Assassins. That's cool. We have Bugbear Veterans. Cool. That's a lot of monsters. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but then we have Mon's Final Battle. Final Battle Monsters. Uh, and this is going to be pretty robust. Uh, so... Sora, we have Sora Mania. I don't know how to spell her name. M-A-E-N-Y-A. -E um, and Sora Mania is a fire, she uses a fire giant stat block with a, um, uh, with a magical mace. This is Sora Mania. She's badass. So I think we'll just link to her. Uh, we'll just link to her notes because um, that works. Uh, and then we have Sora Ketra. She is a uh, abjurer with a staff of power. Also linked. That's a picture of Sora Ketra. She has wings of flying as well. So we have a nice stat block for her. I, I like to double up the hit points on these bosses too. Um, we have, um, so let's look at the map, right? Uh, let's pull up the map of, that would be level three. Let's go back to Claw Rift here. And we go to our map of level three. And this is where the final battle is going to take place, is in this, this central chamber in the lower right. Um, so there's four altars of worlds. Uh, each altar has a, um, has a Medusa, has a, has a spellcaster of some sort uh, that's either a Medusa mage. Let's see. I lost my notes again. There they go. Um, so we have Medusa mages and they are protected by, um, probably by, uh, cyclo cyclopses, right? 
Fist of Mania Cyclopses. Um, there's three. So Leto's Skull is here. Uh, and he's an Oni slash... Um, uh, let's go back to here. We'll go to Oni. I need to turn off my... Whoops. So we have an Oni. And he, but he is possessed by a quarry. Uh, it's the crazy blue, the crazy blue quarry. Hashalak. Um, so we have the stat blocks for the, uh, the quarry. Uh, I need a stat block for Scar. Now there is a monk uh, NPC. Let's see, we'll go to game rules, monsters, uh, advanced filter, uh, monster tag, NPC, source, volo, and filter. And there was a Martial Arts Adept. That's kind of low CR, though. Let's take a look at the Martial Arts Adept stat block and see if there's anything. Um, could we beef up the Martial Arts Adept? Probably. You know, bump up his damage, bump up the attack bonus. You know, do what we did with the dire creature, right? Double the hit points to 120, maybe even more. Um give him maybe multiple unarmed strikes that do, you know, we could max the damage out. So it'd be like uh, 11 points of damage a hit and he can do up to four hits. And then DC of drop an item, knocked prone or stunned. Um, darts as well. So I think that that one can work. So we'll do um, Scar, the I wish there was a higher CR. Um, uh, I wish there was a higher CR uh, um, monk stat block. Uh, but I think that that will work. Is there something better that can reskin? I mean, one thing that's known for, whoops. Uh, one thing that's known for um, monks is that they have lots of attacks. Um, yeah, I'm just, the thing is like, I wanna make a, I wanna make basically a challenge six monk instead of a challenge three monk. So I'm going way above what, I'm just wanting, I just wanna take that one and beef up the stats, you know, and, and, and level it up. Um, and so in my in my head, oh yeah, the Gizari have a monk, right? Good point. Gizari, uh, Gizari monk. Uh, they are challenge, see they're challenge two, so they're even weaker. Um, do they have higher? Let's look at the other ones. 
They still make unarmed strikes. This is CR6. Um, I don't know about the psychic damage. Because I think Gazari are probably a little too weird. This one might be okay. With 16. Whoa! It's a legendary creature, so that's too high. If you're wondering what all these little buttons are, this is because I have Beyond 20 rigged in here, and I want to figure, you know, let's get rid of it and remove from Chrome. There we go. Now it looks normal. So um, probably easier to, you know, change gravity. Yep, they can cast reverse gravity. See, that's what I mean. It's like it's a little too weird. Um, that gets very enlightened. CR 10. This is not so bad. Three unarmed strikes. 26 damage a hit. Whoa. Qualish has two monk stat blocks, one being the elder monk, but I don't know the module. Uh, let me find out. Uh, let's see if it's got it in there. Um, that's the adventure. Uh, let me do a search for monk. Let's see what we find out. Go to monsters. Monastery of the Distressed Body, Elder Monk. What is that from? That's from Laboratory Kowalsh. That's CR2. It's still pretty weak. That's even weaker. And those appear to be the only monks. Uh, Sacred Stone Monk, CR1 half. Yeah, so um, I, we'll, we'll just take that other one and we'll beef up the stats. I think that'll work fine. You know, it'll, it'll serve. I, I'm pretty good at improvising monsters on the fly. So you have a Medusa mage and a Cyclops at each of the altars, except one of those has, um, one of those is protected by, um, uh, lead. One of those is being used by Leto skull and protected by Sora mania. So you don't have to worry about the other ones. I think I might change the Cyclops to trolls. Um, we don't need to have Cyclops because they, they're going to get killed as as crazy. Um, they're going to get killed as crazy things happen in the in the battle. So they're not really at, at, at battle. Um, Sauromania and Sora Tarasa are kind of wandering around. Um, you have, you know, Leto, as, as Leto is getting disrupted, eventually he's going to split into two, an Oni and a Quarry. The Quarry wants to open up the portal to... Um, uh, to Dalcor, uh, as does lead, as does lack. Uh, so there's how many, there's three, there's three Medusa mages. There are three trolls, but they're on opposite sides of the room. So like you're going to see them on the opposite sides of the room, but you may not ever deal with them. Uh, we have Leto skull. We have scar. We have, oh, so that means one less, we have two Fist of Trolls, Fist of Mania Trolls, because Scar is going to be protecting um, uh, the other Medusa Mage. Um, yeah, maybe we'll throw another Fist of Mania Troll in there. Um, Sora Mania and Sora Ketra are flying around, save so a Spellcaster. Um, is there anybody else in here? That's a crazy high challenge rating, by the way. That's way higher than than 33 CRs because it's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's like 100, but whatever. But they're busy. They're busy doing stuff. So it's not like they're all going to be fighting everybody all the time. Um, Warforged Purple Worm. 
Maybe it burrows in at one point. Maybe. See if it, it would be fun. You know, if you want to shake things up, have a purple worm show up in the middle of your boss fight. Um, oh, and then the what's the if the living spell goes free, what does a living wish look like? An angry living wish. And I found a good stat block for an angry living wish, which is Yogrol, Lord of Entropy. Uh, that is a CR 23 legendary creature, tons of crazy spells, including power word, kill and whatnot. And a scythe that does uh, 37 points of damage. And if it reduces a creature to zero, they are disintegrated. So y'all grow the Lord of Entropy. Uh, and uh, I found a really cool picture of Yagrol, um that I want to capture. Uh, this this picture here is awesome. I don't know where that's from. But we're going to copy that image and we're going to make a... Um, a new page and we're going to do it in the um, Eberron database, Eberron campaign database. And we'll click that. And this is an NPC and a villain. And we'll paste the image in here. And then we'll paste the link to Yogrol. So we have that handy. Uh, slotty chaos God. Yes. So my feeling is that if a living wish gets free, this is a pretty good representation of what a living wish is like. Uh, it will walk around with a scythe, disintegrating people and removing them from existence. And if it gets free, it'll just walk around and it'll make, it'll destroy people. So it could be really cool. Like, Oh shit, we got something coming everybody. Um, again, I did this for the Wednesday group and it worked really well. So I have a feeling it'll work well here, uh, which capitalize entropy. So that is good. Um, let's just get a purple worm stat block. Got a purple worm, just call it a construct and you're done. So that's, you know, big key to reskinning, right? Is, you know, you want a Warforged purple worm, you take the purple worm and you replace gargantuan monstrosity with gargantuan construct and you're done. Now the rest of it is pretty much the same, right? Really easy to do. So I don't know if that's going to happen or not. We'll see. Uh, treasure, we have a Wings of Flying, a Staff of Power, a plus two Unholy uh, War Maul. Um, we probably have a Rod of Absorption uh, and a Ring of Mind Shielding. Um, those are uh, items that are all being worn by various members of this final battle here. The Wings of Flying and the Staff of Power are for Soraketra. The Unholy War Maul called, um, uh, what's it called? It's got a neat name. Whoops, wrong, wrong one. Uh, I wrote this up before. Um, the Hammer of Mabar. Uh, it, the Hammer of Mabar sends people to Mabar with a ban. It's, it does Banishing Strike and it banishes them to Mabar. Uh, not a rod of absorption, a ion stun. Uh, Leto is wearing that. 
Uh, and Leto is wearing the Ring of Mind Shielding, which protects his quarry side. Uh, so that is the treasure. Um, for my, I am going to create a, because I know the monsters that are here. So I'm going to create an initiative list specifically for the final battle. This is um, an Avre macro. So I can paste it into Discord uh, and I can immediately put everybody at the right uh, spot. So um, we'll grab one of the, oh, we'll grab one of these and we will get rid of those. And we have Sora Ketra. We have to put them in quotes because it doesn't like um, uh, Sora Mania. We have um, we have the uh, troll fist of Mania. We have Medusa, Mage, I, our voice of Ketra. We have, who else? Scar. Um, who else? Uh, Lido. Lido Skull. Uh, oh, one other person I wanted to have come back, I forgot to mention, is um, we'll start her off with question marks. But uh, another monster that I want to throw into this fight is uh, Leto's bodyguard, uh, who is Valentine. She was last seen. Valentine is a... Um, she is an... Uh, um, what are they called? A Lamia. Uh, that last saw was thrown out of the side of a flying airship, but Lamias do not die. She is cursed and she returned and now she has been brought along with Leto um, to protect Leto. She is born and sworn to protect Leto, but doesn't really like the fact. So we have Valentine's going to show up. Um, who else in that final battle? Uh, Sora, Sora, Mages, Trolls, Leto, Valentine, Scar. Uh, and we will not worry about the other ones. We'll add them if we need them. So uh, let's quickly look up initiatives for all these folks. So an Oni. Uh, an Oni has an initiative bonus of zero. Okay. So that means Leto has a zero. Um, the uh, Adept, Martial Arts Adept has a three, as one would expect. Uh, Scar has a three. The Medusa uh, has a two, it's already set. The Troll Uh, has a one. Uh, Sora Mania has the stat block of a fire giant. Uh, so she has a uh, negative one. She's not particularly fast. Sora Ketra 
is a diviner. Is that what I said she was? Let's go back up to the top here. Sorry, Ketra is an abjurer, and the abjurer has a two. So she's already set. Uh, so there they are. So that's my initiative pile for the final battle. That way, all of the initiatives will be mixed up. Uh, and I don't have all the monsters going on one initiative because there's so many monsters in this fight. I expect this battle to take at least two hours, maybe three. So I might start it today and end it in the next one, but it'll take a long time uh, for this whole for this whole battle to take place. And that's why it's like it's worth breaking up the initiative because people get really bored otherwise. Great big fight. We're going to use Albert Rodeo for it. Uh, I don't know if I have the map in Albert Rodeo. Let's take a look. Albert start game hey look it remembers so i have the tokens for all our characters so that's great um i do not have the map so uh why don't i add the map so we're gonna go back to our locations do, 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 do. go to clarift and we go to the raw version of this map we'll go to the original Uh, what I'm actually going to do is copy this image. I'm going to move it into a browser window that you guys can't see, but I can, where, um, why did that work? Um, where I can blow it up really big and get a nice good screenshot of that one room. Um, I'm going to go Shift S, go here and here. And we grab that. And then it would go to, well, we'll just go to paint. Go to paint 3D, whatever the hell that is. New, paste. Uh, and we file. How do you, I can't even figure out how to save. Um, we will save it as a JPEG. And we'll call it clawrift.jpg. Uh, we'll do it under a desktop. Then we go back to Albert. And we're going to add a new map. Grab Claw Rift. It kind of detects squares, but I think our squares are going to be 10 foot squares, so I'm going to have to double these. Um, Albert has a bit of artificial intelligence to try to figure out squares, which is kind of neat. So it didn't like those squares at all, though. So we're going to say 50 um, by 25. That looks good. Uh, we'll zoom in here and see if we can get the squares to match. Um, so that's not even close. So it needs to be more than that. So let's do 60 uh, by maybe 65. I'm trying to get these to line up. Whoops, where did my little dot go? Uh, I'm trying to get these to line up to that square. So that's pretty close. Maybe a little bit uh, smaller. That looks pretty good. And then 
this needs to be like 40. Line up the grid can be kind of a pain. There we go. Uh, we will not draw the grid and we will not snap to the grid. We just want it to be somewhat close. And then let's just make sure that look, it wasn't lined up again. There, so that's about as good as we're gonna get. And so we hit save. And now if we select that map, see that we've got a map. It's not, the, the resolution on the map is not great, but it'll serve. And then if we drop a token on, you can see that that's about the right size for a token. And it doesn't snap to a grid, so so we can figure out. So it's a great big room, great big, you know, great big event going on here. Um, tokens for this stuff. So I could always, yeah, I don't know if I'll make tokens. I, I might just use, um, I might use the default tokens uh, for the time being. I don't think I'm going to spend too much time worrying about the tokens. Um, but uh, yeah, I wish I could get the resolution better on that. A better way might be opening up the original one and cropping it. So, but I'll play with that later. I don't, I don't need to do it right now. Um, so going back to our notes, I think our notes are pretty solid. I think like, I feel pretty good. There's some question about like, okay, well, what happens in some of these other rooms? I'm just going to wing it. You know, they'll, they'll, I'm going to improvise a lot of this stuff. So if they go to other rooms inside Claw Rift, like on level two has a bunch of different rooms. Um, I put some like Goblin Artificer Lab, Ruin Lift, you know, uh, Decrepit Elevator, Radiant Runoff. Those are probably the rooms they're most likely to to run into on that level. I'll improvise that. And then the final one, same thing. Like I think I had like the the gateway to Dolora and Mabar. You could have some kind of like weird spectral creatures or some other things there and the characters could try to figure out how to avoid that stuff. So again, I'm going to kind of improvise those, you know, those those areas. Uh, if they see it, I'll just sort of describe some interesting things that they find. Um, but I'm not going to worry about it too much uh, because I don't know if they're going to go there or not. So why why, why spend a lot of time worrying about that? Um, somebody asked what VTT it is. That is Albert Rodeo. Go to albertrodeo.com. Let's see. I'll grab that URL. It is my favorite VTT. It is super easy to use. No account required. No account required on anybody's side. Uh, it has a bunch of default tokens already set up. It's just tokens on a map. I have a whole video and a whole article about Albert Rodi if you want to see it. So I think uh, we are all set. Uh, I've got my notes. Uh, I feel pretty confident about what's going on. Lots of notes today, big, big pile, but it's a lot of notes, but I could almost use these notes for both both sessions. So we'll see what prep looks like next week. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, am, I am ready to go. So I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, it's always a great joy to talk to you guys on Twitch while I'm prepping my game. And uh, next week, we will have our finale. And then I'll probably do a show, um, probably not at the same time, but I will probably do a show about a recap, like what happened and how do I feel about this whole campaign and everything else that happened. You know, I'll do a show about that. And then uh, that Sunday, so a couple weeks, I think I'm gonna have one Sunday off because I'm playing in another game. So maybe that Sunday would actually be a good day to do the recap. We'll see. Uh, and then we are going to start preparing for Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. So uh, after then, we will be getting back to published adventures and uh, talking about our session zero for Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. 
So I'm excited about that. So thank you all very much for coming. Have a great day and uh, get out there and play some D&D.